Would you please turn in your Bibles to John chapter 1, verse 28 through 29. David, you can turn all the lights on if you would, please. Thank you. There we go. Thank you so much. John chapter 1, verse 28, please. This morning, I would like to speak to you what I believe is God's heart for us as we enter this season this special Resurrection Sunday season, which our culture calls Easter, but really it's a time of celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as we step into this season, my desire for us this morning is to hear God speak to us one thing. And that one thing this morning is captured in our passage, John chapter 1, verses 28 to 29. It's right there in your notes. Let me read it with you. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, verse 29, he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Verse 29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your spirit to anoint me. Thank you for your spirit to capture the hearts of those who are listening. Lord, build your church now as your word is preached. As you speak to us, Lord, we want to hear and we want to obey. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. In 2004, in February of 2004, a very controversial film was released. It was directed and produced by Mel Gibson, and the title of that film was The Passion of the Christ. In this film, there's a very poignant opening scene, and this opening scene is probably the most poignant opening scene there could ever be, and it was actually Scripture. And I've provided that scripture for you in your notes. The opening scene is this. Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed And then it flashes instantly to a garden. And you see the actor portraying Jesus Christ wrestling. Even as scripture tells us, wrestling with God's will. What is God's will? God's will was to crush God's son. And in the movie, you see the character portraying Christ sweating as it were blood, agonizing as it were, as he looks up into the heavens and he says, Father, is there any way that this cup, this chalice, this will of yours can pass? And as he's saying that, off to the side, using a bit of dramatic license, because I don't know that Satan would have physically been at the garden. He was certainly there spiritually. Is a figure portraying Satan, tempting Christ, 
Is God real? Is he your father? Can you trust him? And Jesus then says, but father, not my will, but your will be done. And he then crushes the head of a serpent who is slithering his way to Christ. And in obeying the father in the garden, Jesus redeemed Adam's disobedience of God in the garden. Oh, Adam's disobedience was in the Garden of Eden at the beginning of time. Jesus' obedience was in the Garden of Gethsemane some 2,000 years ago. But today, we are the beneficiaries of the sufferings of Christ. And that is what God wants to talk to you about this morning. The sufferings of Christ. This is what is called the passion of the Christ. The word passion there simply means Jesus' sufferings hours before the cross, the cross, and then it includes his resurrection. So I want to speak to you from scripture about the passion of the Christ. And here's what I believe God wants you to take away from this. He wants you to behold the Lamb of God afresh and anew so that then you would be able to bring others to him. Behold the Lamb of God afresh and anew in order to bring others to him. So let's go to the first place. Actually, the place that Jesus was prior to the Garden of Gethsemane. Let's go to the upper room, shall we? Let's go to the Passover dinner. And as we read from the notes, let us behold the Lamb of God fulfilling the Passover meal with the communion table. Matthew 26, 26 through 28 says the following. Now as they were eating... Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink it, all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So what's going on here? What, what is Jesus Christ doing as he initiates his sufferings. Now let's be clear about something. Jesus' sufferings began the day he was born as a human being. You understand that? When you go from being God, with God, sharing with the glories of God, remaining God, but then emptying yourself of that glory and being born as a man, you understand you start suffering. He became like you. He became like me. He suffered hunger. He suffered pain. He suffered the humiliation of being a man. But more specifically, what Jesus was about to do is he was about to open up to us the understanding of what suffering meant. Here's what it is. When he stood up at the Passover meal, he was standing up to fulfill the Jewish mentality of a lamb that was slaughtered And then its blood was taken and was painted on the doorposts of every Jew's home who lived at that time in Egypt. And that blood protected every single Jew who lived in Egypt from the death angel sent by God. And that death angel was sent to kill the firstborn of every person in Egypt. And the only way you could be saved 
from your firstborn dying was to have the blood of the lamb on the doorpost of your home. Now, Jesus was doing something very intentional here. He was saying this, for three years, I have told you that I am the son of God. I have revealed that I am the Messiah. To varying degrees, you have believed me. But most of you, in fact, all of you have missed the main point here. The very Messiah who you as Jews believe will deliver you, will be like a super king, like a super David, will be, perhaps be a political leader that will throw the Romans out. This Messiah must suffer. He must suffer like the lamb suffered on the day Passover. He's going to suffer to deliver you not from a death angel in Egypt or from a pharaoh in Egypt, but to deliver you from eternal punishment before a holy God. And I'm that lamb. And everybody missed it. I believe Satan himself missed it. I truly believe that Satan thought that he had won the game when he got the Roman leaders and the Jewish leaders to crucify Christ. He really did believe that. I believe there is scriptural evidence. Peter certainly missed it. Peter, the chief of the apostles, the chief of the disciples, the guy who was going to die for Jesus, the guy who cut off one of the guards' ears when they came to take Jesus away. Powerful Peter missed it because just a couple of days earlier when Jesus said, I'm going to go die on a cross and suffer, Peter said, no way. And Jesus turned to him and said, get behind me, Satan. Everybody missed the idea that Messiah had to come as a suffering servant and die for the sins of his people. And that night, Jesus, at the Passover meal, at the Seder meal, which, by the way, is going to be celebrated in our community as Passover comes very quickly, you will hear of Seder meals, and you will see practicing Jews celebrating the Passover, which is now 3,400 years old. Think about that. For 3,400 years, Jews have been celebrating a meal, hoping for a deliverer to deliver them and thanking God for delivering them from Egypt, but hoping for a greater deliverance. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus said, I'm he. No longer will you celebrate a Passover meal. I'm going to introduce a new meal, and I'm going to call it communion. And every time you get together, celebrate this meal with one another. Behold the Lamb of God who fulfills the Passover meal with the communion meal. This Lamb was very important, brothers and sisters. Israel, the people of Israel, were not a people. They were in bondage to slavery in Egypt, just like you and I. We were in bondage to slavery, to Satan and this world. But on Passover night, God liberated Israel. And then just a few days later, made them into a nation at a place called Mount Sinai. And constituted him his people and took them from being a slave nation with no hope to being his nation with the hope of eternity. Jesus delivers us from the slavery of our sin through his sacrifice as the Lamb of God. And we eat his meal, communion, 
and we go from being somebody with no nation, no people, orphans. The Bible calls us really orphans, aliens, strangers. And then he saves us and he brings us together and we become his people. Celebrating God's grace with a wonderful future together. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away your sins and fulfills the Passover meal with the communion meal. This is what it means to behold the Lamb of God, to understand this. Have you understood this? Because you see, if you have, what you will do is you will then bring others. You will bring others to this truth. You will tell others, come with me to see the Passover lamb who has set me free to become part of a people so that we might celebrate God's presence. You will say, come, come with me. I want to bring you to the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who fulfills the Passover meal with the communion meal. This is that lamb. This is who we want to behold this morning. Do you see him? I pray that you would. And as you see him, will you bring others with you? The Lamb of God fulfilling the Passover meal with the communion table. Behold the Lamb of God. The next bullet point there in your notes. Praying and obeying in the Garden of Gethsemane. It says in Matthew 26, 39, what we began our message with, and going a little further, he fell on his face and he prayed saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Do you understand that when Christ obeyed his father, he had to humble himself. He had to say, not my will be done, but your will be done. Do you understand that when God, when Christ obeyed his father, he had to trust in his father. Think about this for a moment. Jesus knew that the father was going to crush him. Remember the opening scene of of the movie, really the opening scene of redemption story? What's the opening scene? The lamb crucified for our sins. Is that not what Isaiah 53 says, verse 5? But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Jesus is in the garden. He's talking with his father. He knows that his father is saying, I'm going to crush you. He He knows what this means. He knows that it means judgment and wrath and rejection and he humbles himself though he suffered I want you to catch this though he suffered and he said oh is there any other way he quickly said but not my will your will be done do do you know that when, when you obey no matter how small you suffer you suffer There is a suffering to obey. So as we look at the Lamb of God, we want to participate. We want to appreciate the suffering, the suffering that he did for you. He did it for you so you could obey the Father. He did it for you so that God, holy God, 
could commune with you, unholy man and woman. He obeyed in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Adam disobeyed in the Garden of Eden. And by disobeying in the Garden of Eden, Adam, his disobedience became our disobedience. And so because Jesus obeyed, because he was crushed that day in the Garden, right now, you can receive God's favor, God's peace. You can receive God's blessing. Whatever you're thinking right now, whatever you're, you're dreaming about, whatever you're worried about, uh, whatever condemnation you might feel, whatever fears you might feel, whatever lack of life you might be experiencing, right now, the God of the universe is with you in a way to bless you because Jesus prayed and obeyed in the garden. Now, here's the point. Here's the application. Will you obey and will you pray for others to be able to behold the Lamb of God and know Him. I believe this is God's burden for you this morning. As you contemplate Jesus, the Lamb of God, who prayed and obeyed in the garden, will you now take time to pray for others? Bring them to the Father. Bring them to see the Lamb of God. Will you do that? You know, it's interesting, as I was preparing this message i felt god's burden was behold the lamb bring others to him and i thought lord this is good i first need to behold the lamb afresh and anew if you've been around palm vista for a while we call that preaching the gospel to yourself i need to do that i need to become freshly aware don't we become a little bit sort of familiar with this story it's Easter. Let's break out the resurrection account. And yet God, I think, by His Spirit, through His Word, wants to remind us, hey, hey, Jesus really did suffer, and He really did suffer for you. And as you behold the Lamb of God, something happens in you. There's an excitement. There's a joy that His suffering becomes my peace. And I want to bring others to behold the Lamb of God. So behold the Lamb of God, praying and obeying in the Garden of Gethsemane. Third bullet point in your notes. Behold the Lamb of God, betrayed and beaten. Perhaps the most poignant section of Scripture is seeing Jesus Christ. Think about this. God chose to give himself into the hands of wicked men to judge him and to beat him. Imagine if you're a judge. You have the authority to judge everyone. And yet to reach them, you choose to become like them and then you choose to fulfill your God-given role as a lamb that would take all the sin of the people and be slaughtered, whose blood would cover the people. And in the process of that suffering, you are going to give yourself to be judged by the unholy men whom you judge. Oh my. <laughs> Who steps down from the judge's seat to take the place of the condemned, ridiculed, humiliated? 
criminal. Some of you know, if I hadn't been a pastor, I, I would have been an attorney and a politician. <clears throat> and, uh, and we need good attorneys and good politicians. And so my hobby is I love the law, I love to, to, to study about it, and I love politics. But I don't listen to Rush Limbaugh. I can't. I can't listen to anybody. Okay, I just read the news. I pray for our leaders. I pray for President Obama. I pray for our local leaders. I pray and pray and pray. But, but I, I, I like to watch trials. I read about trials. And I'm a news junkie. And you know that scene in the local news when they say they caught the guy who did whatever, murdered somebody, beat his child, threw his child away, she, you know, whatever. And you know that, that picture they have of them standing here on channel, whatever you watch, and the judge sitting here, and they're like this, and they're reading, they're reading the charges, and you just see the shame and the guilt and the hopelessness. You're going away forever, buddy, or, or your life's going to be taken. You know, you're looking at him with, I mean, admit it, with derision. Like, what were you thinking? And then they read the account. She threw her child's baby in the garbage. And what are you thinking? I mean, be honest. You despicable person. They're in this prison garb, their heads down. And then they always show the judge. I think recently one judge, and probably righteous indignation, was just letting this lady have it. Like, what were you thinking? Right? Okay, freeze the frame. Freeze the frame. The judge gets down off of his place of judgment, rightly so, where, where we put him, we need good judges, takes off his robe, puts on the prison jumpsuit, bows his head in shame, and he gets punished. That makes no sense to me. Why would God do that? You don't deserve it. And neither do I. And if he hadn't done it, friends, all of us stand before a holy God in a cosmic trial with our head down and our judgment sure and eternity locked in to torment and hell and destruction. And an eternal camera catches us in shame. But Jesus being the judge, do you understand Jesus will judge it all? you understand scripture says when he comes back it's not as a suffering servant anymore it's as the judge of all but he said take me put me in chains beat me spit on me call me a fraud yell at me when i'm naked hanging on a cross and say hey if you're god come on down if you're such a hot thing get off that cross you're a fraud we judge you to be a fraud and he knew he's the real judge who would one day judge them all we having problems with the sound? Do I need to go to this mic here? Okay. And he knew that he was the real judge and he would judge them all, but he endured it. Listen, listen to me. Look me in the eyes. He endured it for you, for his father. First for his father, but for you. He endured taking the lash and the judgment and the ridicule and the arrest and the beating when he didn't have to. What a savior. Behold the lamb. Bring people to look at him. He's your only hope. Thank God he suffered for you and he obeyed his father. 
if that leaves you largely untouched, I fear for your soul. But just like we sang the last song, his blood can take your hard heart and soften it. But you've got to look at him. See his eyes. Hear the lash. Hear the mocking. Watch him pull his beard out in clumps. Feel the thorns crammed into his head, burrowing into his brow. The judge of all the universe submitted to that. Oh, friend, behold the lamb. Behold the Lamb. Behold the Lamb. Let me read to you John 19, 1 through 11. It's in your notes. So you can listen and intellectually absorb the truth of this point. The Lamb betrayed and beaten. If you have your Bible, it's in John 19, 1 through 11. It's in your notes as well. Then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. That was a severe beating that some men actually died from. Bits of bone and Chips of metal and fragments of of rock were put into leather straps and a man was beaten 39 times. His back was flayed open. Many died from the flogging. They never got to the cross. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns, huge thorns, and put it on his head. And when they put it on his head, they, they smashed it on his head. And it burrowed into his brow. And he hurt. It wasn't lightly placed in an Easter play. It was crammed with hatred, cruel hatred. And they arrayed him in a purple robe. Purple, as you might know, is the color of royalty. They were mocking him. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews, again mocking him, and struck them with their hands. Jumping to verse 4, Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I am bringing him out to you that you may know I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to him, Behold the man. Behold the man. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him, crucify him. We were there too. And Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves, crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered, we have a law, and according to that law, he ought to die because he made himself the son of God. Listen carefully. Jesus died because he claimed to be God. He claimed to be Messiah. He claimed to be the son of God, the unique son of God, God himself. And God chose to endure the punishment of wicked men, the only innocent one. Oh, my. Verse 8, and when Pilate heard that statement, he was even more afraid. Boy, he should have been. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Don't you love it? Pilate says, I'm the judge over you, Jack. And Jesus says, Oh, no, you're not. Jesus answered him, You have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above, from himself. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. Oh, friend, see God judged by unholy man at the hands of God, enduring it for you and me so that we might go free. Last bullet point. Behold the Lamb of God, crucified for the punishment of our sins and raised for the forgiveness of our sins. John 20, 15, in your notes. Jesus said to her, 
This is now Mary Magdalene. Don't you love it that Jesus revealed himself to Mary Magdalene first? You understand who she was, right? Not a clean person. Not an upstanding citizen of Israel. And Jesus, he says, Mary, I'm going to reveal myself to you because he became sin for you and me that we might become the righteousness of God. And I'm going to start with you, Mary, because you know your sin. (laughs) Do you know yours? More importantly, do you know your Savior? Listen to what he says to Mary at the tomb. John 20, 15. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Oh, hear God ask you that this morning. Why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? What are you doing here this morning? What's this morning all about for you? What are you seeking? That's the question the Lord's asking you. And then he goes on to say to her, Supposing him to be a gardener, she said to him, Sir, you, are, you have carried him away. Tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Mary did not recognize him. Some of you this morning do not recognize him. He is not the Jesus of your creation. He is not the Christ of the church's recreation. He is the Jesus of Scripture. He is the Christ of God's own will. Do you recognize him? And in verse 17, After having revealed himself to Mary, Jesus says to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, listen to what she says to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. I have seen the Lord. And she then told them what he had said. Have you seen the Lord this morning? If you've seen the Lord you will go tell others. And you know what you'll tell them? I've seen the Lord. I've seen my sin. I've seen my Savior. Come with me to behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Everyone, please, let's be still. This is not a time to be moving, putting away notes. Just be still before the Lord. Be still before the Lord. Because listen to me, we have got to see the Lord, so let's pray right now. Lord God, I I pray for my friends. I pray for my own soul, this Easter season, this resurrection season. Lord, that I would see you as you really are. Lord, so many of us are like Mary. We look at you, we see you, but we don't see you. We don't really see you. I pray this morning through this brief guide tour of your passion of your suffering lord we would see you afresh and anew lord i want to see you and as i see you i see my own sin i see the fact that i do not deserve to enter in but what i deserve is your judgment lord what i deserve is the penalty for disobeying you living my own life. Father, we are a culture that has displaced you from the center and has placed the autonomous self in the center and then we've dressed it up in religious garb and we have mocked you. We have been like Pilate that says, behold the king and set it in a sarcastic way. We're like the the soldiers who crammed the crown of thorns on your head and, and dressed you with the purple robe and say, hail king of the Jews. We say, hail Jesus Christ. 
and not really meant it. Would you forgive us? Lord, if there are those in this room right now who do not know you, do not seek you, would you by your blood, Jesus, because of what you suffered in obeying the Father, would you reveal yourself to them? Lord, if there are those in this room right now who say, I've done too many wrong things, I cannot approach God, I am running from God as hard and as fast as I can, Lord, would you remind them that it is not their good works that wins your favor, but it is Christ's good work, Christ's obedience in the garden that wins your favor. Lord, I pray this, that when Satan tempts us to despair and tells us of the guilt within, Lord, I pray we would look upward and see you there who made an end of all of our sin. Lord, I pray that we believe that because the sinless Savior died, our sinful soul is counted free. For, oh God, you are the just and you are satisfied to look on Jesus and to pardon me. To look on Jesus and to pardon me.